With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Need a metabolic reset? Try HealRight Micronutrient Bars. When eaten daily for eight weeks, clinical studies showed HealRight can improve cholesterol, blood sugar, and more. And great tasting HealRight works without additional diet or lifestyle changes or the serious side effects of medications. Visit HealRight.com with code HEAL for 15% off. H-E-A-L-R-I-G-H-T.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That shit crazy. On Tuesday, it's all even with your boy Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you find your podcasts available. What a beautiful Tuesday it is. Lots to get into, lots of NBA tonight. Draymond Green goes ham on the NBA in regards to the double standard. I'm going to share my thoughts on that. And are the Jazz for real? The Utah Jazz are killing and they're looking like the best team in the league. But are they really the best team in the league? You know, we're going to talk about them as well. And who blinks first between Dak Prescott and Jerry Jones? The Cowboys drama and saga continues. Not a big surprise. And J.J. Watt. There's some news in regards to where J.J. Watt might want to play. And then there's some NCAA business I got to deal with. And then the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. I would like to talk about something that's really bothering me. And uh, it's the treatment of players in this league. To, to watch Andre Drummond before the game uh, sit on the sideline then go to the back and then come out in street clothes because a team is going to trade him. Because when James Harden asked for a trade and essentially dogged it, I don't think there was no surprise or no, you know, there's no one's going to fight back that James was dogging it his last days in Houston. But he was castrated for wanting to go to a different team and everybody destroyed that man. And yet a team can come out and say, oh, we want to trade a guy. And then that guy is to go sit. And if he doesn't stay professional, then he's a cancer. And he's not good in someone's locker room. And he's the issue. And we've seen situations of Harrison Barnes getting pulled off the bench. You know, DeMarcus Cousins finding out that he's traded in an interview after the All-Star game. And we continue to let this happen. But I got fined for stating my opinion of what I thought should happen with another player. But teams can come out and continue to say, oh, we're trading guys, we're not playing you. And yet we're to stay professional. At some point, as players, we need to be treated with the same respect and have the same rights that the team can have. Because as a player, you're the worst person in the world when you want a different situation. But a, but a team can say they're trading you and that man is to stay in shape. 
he is to stay professional. And if not, his career is on the line. At some point, this league has to protect the players from embarrassment like that. You know, we talk all of this stuff about you can't do this. You can't say that publicly. If you say that publicly, you're fine. Anthony Davis got fined, I think, $100,000 or something like that for demanding a trade publicly. But you can say Andre Drummond's getting traded publicly and we're looking to trade him publicly and he's to stay professional and just deal with it. But then when Kyrie Irving say, oh, my mental health is off, everybody go crazy about that too. Do you not think that affects someone mentally? As much as we put into this game to be great, to come out here and be in shape, to produce for fans every single night, and most importantly, to help your team win. Do you think that doesn't affect someone mentally? But as players, we're told to, ah, no, you can't say that, you can't say this, but teams can. It goes along the same lines of when, when everyone wants to say, oh man, that young guy can't figure it out. But no one wants to say the organization can't figure it out. At some point, the players must be respected in these situations, and it's ridiculous, and I'm sick of seeing it. Y'all have a great night. I'll see y'all tomorrow or Wednesday. I start off with the clip because I want to give it its proper context. I don't want to say anything that Draymond didn't say. I want to make sure everybody hears it, and they come up with their own opinion. Here's mine. What Draymond Green is saying ain't wrong, but the issue is is that this is just how the NBA is. This is just how every other league is. You see, when you are the player, and, you know, in the NBA, players have more power than any other sport in the world, right? They can be able to pick whoever's on their teams. They can be able to, you know, manipulate the front office how they want to. They can speak about social justice stuff and, Don't have to worry about any backlash. Not like the NFL, right? So my issue with this is that it's not that Draymond Green is wrong. The media definitely has made it seem like the players are always the ones that are in the wrong. That the ownership can do whatever they want. And it's the players who feel that, oh, well, when they want out, it's it's. It's a bad thing. No, if you are a player and you're not happy in a situation, you have every right to be able to ask for a trade and go somewhere else. Here's my problem with the situation, though, is that these players are under big contracts, right? Big, big time contracts, 40, 45 million dollar deals. And they go to the organization and say, hey, I don't want I don't want to be here anymore. I want out. It takes planning and it takes the right situation for you to find a trade partner for a guy making 40 plus million dollars. That's one. So it's not easy. You got to give the team a chance to kind of put things together. And maybe, just maybe, they'll say, hey, well, can we speak about this? And if there's no reconciliation, then cool, they'll try to find a trade partner for you. The other part of this argument is three words. Collective bargaining agreement the players agree to give some of the power up for more money to the owners so if you guys really are complaining about what's going on and it's unfair and 
you know, it should be equal on both sides or the scrutiny should be the same or keep the same energy, however you want to phrase it. What the biggest issue is, is that y'all agreed to this in the CBA. So if you don't want it to be like this, renegotiate that the next CBA. But just be prepared to give up a ton of money. You know, CBA, they agreed to super max contracts where guys could be making $250 million. So you guys are happy with the money, but you still want more control. Still want more control. Do it in the next agreement. Don't complain about it because this is what it is. Now, the media, the media definitely has to do better because they're the ones trying to get the scoops and they're the ones trying to spin the narrative and make somebody look like the villain and somebody look like the innocent bystander. That needs to stop. So I agree with Draymond on that. Keep the same energy. Like, if a player goes to a team and says that he'd like to keep this under wraps, that he don't want this leaked out to the press, then honor his request. Honor his request. And if it leaks out to the press, then you can't be mad at the player for reacting that way because it should have never leaked. So there's a lot of things that they can be able to clean up on both sides as well as the, the media. Superstars have all the leverage. Look at James Harden. Hot dogged it, was out of shape, and he still ended up going to the team that he wanted to go to. So why are we complaining about stuff here? The team then went to a guy like Blake Griffin who wants out of Detroit and said, all right, we're going to sit you down. We're not going to play. We're not even going to have you with the team until we figure this out, whether it's going to be via buyout or whether it's going to be via trade. He's getting paid. So why, why are we complaining about this? Andre Drummond getting paid. So just because the guy wants to play, if they have different plans, the team is not supposed to have an opinion about a player. So a player can be able to say, yeah, yeah, I want out. I don't like the way this is going. But a team can't look at a guy and say, yeah, we don't think that you fit the, 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 the current situation, so we're going to ship you out. Still getting paid. Don't worry about that. We got you covered on that. This is our doing, so we're not going to make it seem like you're in the wrong. No, we've agreed to go this way. Now, if players don't want it this way, then like I said, agree to a different option in your collective bargaining agreement. Simple. And also, maybe y'all need to eliminate long-term deals. Don't have any more five-year deals. Have two-year deals now. Don't lock into any team. Don't commit to any team. But if you do commit to a team five-plus years, then both sides need to agree to some language that keeps certain things away from the media, away from the press. If a player requests to be traded, this cannot get leaked to the media. If a team wants to move on from a player, this cannot be leaked to the media. So when the trade goes down, the trade goes down, and then you can be able to release a statement after that and catch people up in regards to what was going on. That's what needs to happen. So if they want to change that to be a little bit more discreet and how they do things, then cool. But all of these things need to be negotiated in the next negotiation period. That's it. But for right now, for people to complain about, oh, it's a, come on, man. Dudes are getting paid. You're getting paid crazy dollars to play basketball. And it's not about shut up and dribble. It has nothing to do with that. But, bruh, this is a business. This is how it works. I can't call my boss tomorrow and say, 
yo, I'm not going to come to work tomorrow. I'd like to go somewhere else. And the boss is going to be like, well, let's try to figure it out. Or, all right, we'll, we'll honor your request and keep paying you. It's not the way it goes. It's not the way it goes. So if a guy is cutting the checks and they're the bigger figure in this situation, they normally control the narrative. Owners control the narrative. Excuse me. Governors control the narrative in the NBA. The players have some control. They have some empowerment. Absolutely. But when it comes to trading players, that is for the team and the team only. They don't have to trade you. They don't have to. But they do it because they don't want a backlash. They don't have to do it, though. Just think about that. A team don't have to trade you. So if players really are about that life in regards to, oh, yeah, I want out and I'm going to do whatever I got to do to ask out of a situation, then sacrifice the money. Take the buyout. Take the buyout and go wherever you want to go. And then sign a new deal in the offseason. That's what y'all should do if you really are about that life. But nah, you want the money, you want the power, you want the ability to be able to move whenever you want to, however you want to, and the team is just supposed to say, okay, that's not the way business works. And if y'all want to move like that, then create your own basketball association. Be your own owners as well as the players. But that's not the way it works. This is a partnership. You have to work with these people. And if you need language in the next CBA that says that, and they're not willing to concede to those particular requests or demands that y'all have, then maybe an NBA lockout is needed. Because I can't keep hearing about this anymore. I can't keep hearing about players like, bro, y'all move the most in any sport. Free agency for the NBA is lit. It's lit every season, trade season. Come on now. If y'all want change, how much are you willing to sacrifice for that change? Coming up after the break, are the Lakers in trouble? Mm, I think so. On a Tuesday, it's all even. I've had so many people tell me that Anchor is great. Anchor is this. Anchor is that. But I have to tell you, man, those people were right. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your own podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Why wait? Get at it now. Welcome back, y'all. So, Anthony Davis is out two to three weeks with a strained calf. And the city of Los Angeles is panicking. Panicking right now. Because they don't know exactly what the future holds for Anthony Davis. Now the question is, should the Lakers be panicking? Yes, they should be. They should be panicking. Because this reminds me of the KD situation. Kevin Durant had a calf strain in the playoffs. They rested him and, you know, they decided to to have him play in the in the in the NBA finals and look what happened. 
He ended up tearing the Achilles. The Achilles, that injury is one of the trickiest injuries to kind of like diagnose. If there's no tear there, it's tendinosis or tendinitis or whatever it is. But it disguises itself as a calf strain. Well, we've seen Anthony Davis have this this heel issue in the NBA Finals. He played through it, played through a lot of pain. He ended up winning the championship, but now you're starting to see that he's paying the price for that. Short offseason, 71 days. He didn't get a chance to heal up properly. This is now a big concern for the Lakers. This is going to linger for the entire season. This may end up lingering for the next year and a half. God forbid if it snaps or ruptures. This is a problem. And it makes me feel that Anthony Davis kind of knew what was going on when he signed that five-year deal. It just makes me wonder, did Anthony Davis know that this Achilles was going to be bad? Because, you know, with his checkered injury history, he just said, you know what? I think it's just easier for me to just take this deal and get some security just in case I'm not available to play. Smart for him. But for the Lakers, you should be worried. Because where can you be able to find that level of talent to put next to LeBron James? Can't. Who's going to end up stepping up for the Lakers on this team right now? Can't see anybody. No one. Montrezl Harrell? Eh, okay. Kyle Kuzma? Don't get me started. So th- there's there's a big hole that they're going to have to fill. And one of the biggest problems that I have with this, or concerns, not even really a problem for me. I'm just a spectator, but a concern for me is the durability of LeBron James. He's 36 years old. We all know that he's an Iron Man. He's a cyborg. However, he's still made of flesh and bone. At some point, he's going to need to slow down. And right now, he's playing well, but they're going to need more firepower. Where are they going to get it from? Where? There's no trades available that I think the Lakers can be able to get some guy that can be able to come in and, and assist them. I don't see that. This team is strapped. And it's a it's a big concern in regards to what's going to happen with them. They have a tough, like, 10-game stretch here where they're playing some really, really good teams. Hell, they're playing the Timberwolves right now, and it's a dogfight with the Timberwolves. D'Angelo Russell is having arthroscopic surgery. He's going to be out four to six weeks. But the team is 7-20. and 20. They were bad with him. They're going to be worse without him. And they're in a dogfight with the Timberwolves. Yeah. They should be worried. Big time. Moving on to the next topic. Are the Utah Jazz for real? Utah Jazz sit at the top of the NBA. They are 23-5. and Phenomenal record. Absolutely phenomenal. They have done a great job this year with staying healthy as well as, you know, finding that camaraderie that you need to, to really be a great team in this league. At 23-5, and five, the Jazz are tops in the league, like I said. 
But are they the best team in the NBA? No, they're not. And I ain't by a long shot. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10 games, I understand. They're blowing teams out, I understand. I get it. But what's going to stop them from being one of the best teams in the league going forward, in my opinion? The same thing that's been stopping them the last few years. Rudy Gobert. I've been saying it forever on this show. You're not going to win a title with Rudy Gobert as your second best player. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. A guy that's averaging 13 points, 13 rebounds, two and a half blocks. Okay, numbers look great. 2K numbers, nice. Fantasy numbers are awesome. But in regards to winning a championship and needing a bucket in the playoffs, Rudy's not your guy. That's why they struggled against teams like Denver last season in the playoffs. Now, granted, Bogdanovich wasn't there. Conley didn't play well either. But Rudy Gobert was there, and he was also there when they were up 3-1. So my thing is that Rudy Gobert being the second best player in your team ain't going to work. Oh, you'll be able to cruise through the regular season? Yeah, no problem. Well, when playoff starts, it's going to be a different story. When teams can be able to go small and game plan for Rudy Gobert and make him ineffective in the series, what's going to happen? This is why guys like Rudy Gobert making that money that he's making don't really make sense. Granted, all kudos to him. Make that bread, yeah. But rim-running bigs, be able to find that. The Jazz would be better off if they traded Gobert and got some, some perimeter help. Get another star wing guy or some 3 and D guys and get a rim runner. Get a shot blocker downstairs that's not going to command so much money. You'd have the same results, maybe even better. Rudy Gobert is not going to be the guy hoisting a Larry O'Brien trophy. Not with this organization. Not with the money that he's making. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So are the Jazz for real? They're for real for the regular season. But for the playoffs, not a chance in hell. Not a chance in hell. They're a good team. They're well coached. They have Spider Mitchell, who's a superstar. I get it. But Rudy Gobert is stopping them from being a legitimate, legitimate championship team. Not just a team that looks good in the regular season, but a legitimate title contender. They are not that. They can get out of the first round, absolutely. They can get out of the second round if the matchup is right. And there's no way, and I repeat, there's no way that they're getting out of the Western Conference Finals. What if they buck up on the Clippers? They buck up on the Lakers? No, I don't see them winning. I don't see it. No. No. And you know how I feel about the Clippers. For me to even say that they don't even have a chance against them. So, are they for real? No, not to me. I've been watching basketball a long time. No, not to me. The next topic of discussion, moving on, is the Knicks. The Knicks and Julius Randle. Listen, Julius Randle just put up a hell of a game, 44 points, 9 rebounds, I think 5 assists, shot 7 of 10 or 7 from 13 for 3. The guy had a phenomenal game. Julius Randle is having an all-star year. He might be an all-star this year. And, hey, congratulations to him. He's done a lot. 
the Knicks have become watchable. They've become fun. They have a lot of good young pieces on that team. Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, you know, R.J. Barrett, the list goes on. Tom Thibodeau, a.k.a. Homer Simpson, has done a great job on this team. Player development, they look like they're doing a great job with that. They're being very competitive in games. They're top 10 in defensive efficiency. There's a lot of things that they're doing well. Derrick Rose has come in and been a spark off the bench. But my question is this for the Knicks. I heard a rumor about, you know, the other day that they are thinking about, you know, piling up these assets and trading for a big star when that big star becomes available. Why? You already saw what you can be able to create with a Julius Randle. A kid that came into the league with tremendous upside, but was very erratic. Did not know how to play basketball, really. And, you know, he figured out when he went to New Orleans, he played a little better. And last year with the Knicks, he wasn't too great, but he wasn't horrible. And then this year, he recommitted himself to changing his body again and trying to work on his game, and he's done that. Tom Thibodeau and the coaching staff has really done well with him. He feels comfortable. He's confident. The Knicks did that. So why can't the Knicks say to themselves, maybe we can be able to put that into the rest of these players as well? Why do we have to go ahead and try to poach another big star? That's not needed. That's been the formula here for too many years, and it's time that they stop going back to that. They need to continue this player development situation that they have going on right now. They don't need to stockpile these guys and pack them up and ship them out somewhere else. No, let these kids develop here. Let them become stars here. That's what you need to do. Make New York a great destination because they're seeing, yo, these young kids are balling, man. That coaching staff is lit. I want to go over there. I want to become a free agent and, 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 and sign with the Knicks. Let that be the narrative, not trading all your young guys before you know exactly what this team is. The Knicks are not even a legit playoff team yet, but we're hearing rumblings about trades and nonsense, superstar trades. Come on, man. Like, just just stop. You know, just when people are giving y'all props and, and really excited, y'all go back to the nonsense. So I hope that that it's not true. I hope it doesn't happen because what you're seeing out of guys like Julius Randle and listen, the Knicks, if they're smart, they pay this guy. Pay him. Give him that extension. Pay him. Keep him long term. Because maybe, just maybe, Julius Randle may end up being the next big star in New York. Who the hell knows? But you won't know until you try, until you actually give him that chance to. So we'll see. We'll see what the hell happens. But I don't think it's necessary for them to be trading guys and trying to get a top 10, top 15 player. What is that going to do for you? We've seen what happened with Carmelo Anthony in the past. You don't want history to repeat itself. Simple. So just don't do it. Moving on to the next topic. Who goes where? We got Blake Griffin and we got Andre Drummond. Where does Blake Griffin go? Well, I'm hearing rumors and, you know, buyout uh, uh, negotiations going on right now with Blake Griffin. That possibly he may end up on the Lakers, Clippers. We'll see. What is my take? Like, where do I think Blake Griffin lands? I honestly think that Blake Griffin will land with the Lakers. Call me crazy. But I really do think that Blake Griffin can give them some added help off that bench. 
And, you know, hopefully Anthony Davis comes back healthy. If he doesn't, then at least they know that Blake Griffin can be able to help them in a ways that the other guys on this team can't. Guys like Kyle Kuzma, who's, you know, he's having a pretty decent season right now. But Kyle Kuzma can't do what Blake Griffin can do. That's just it's just the facts. Now, as a Laker fan, am I happy about Blake Griffin possibly signing with the Lakers? No. No, I'm not. You know why? Because there's certain Clippers historically that I just can't. I can't wrap my head around. I, I, they're, they're forever unclean. Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, Patrick Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, these guys. If they ever get on the late, no, no. Forever unclean is what they're marked. So, no, I don't want no Blake Griffin. I take Andre Drummond, though, and that leads me to the next guy that's on the trade market. Where does Andre Drummond end up? The Raptors are definitely interested because they need a big. They don't have any quality bigs on their on their roster. So, Andre Drummond would definitely make a huge difference in the middle of that lineup. Uh, he's a great rebounder, great rim runner, you know, lob guy, average defender. So, you know, it's it, he will fit that team. Another team that I would love to see him go to is a team like like Charlotte. I think Charlotte would be a great fit for him as well. Um, another team that would be a phenomenal fit would be the Dallas Mavericks. I think the Dallas Mavericks can be able to, to, to get an Andre Drummond and put Porzingis back to the power for where he belongs. Porzingis is not a five. He's not a five at all. So if you put Drummond and Porzingis down there in that lineup, that's a good lineup. That's protection for Porzingis, and that gives the 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 offense some real stability and some balance. But if it's going to be a buyout situation, obviously you're going to have to put Brooklyn at the top of that list. You got the Nets at the top of that list. You're going to have the Lakers also at the top of that list. But if you're asking me to choose or you know where I think that he's going to go, like for sure, Definitely, I'm going, I'm going to say Raptors. I'm going to say Raptors go after him the most. But the one thing I love about this time of year in regards to trade rumors and trading blocks and guys on the on the move is that there's always a dark horse team that comes out of nowhere and gets the deal done. So let, let's see what happens, man. Let's see what happens. It's going to be interesting to see how these two situations pan out. But these two situations can really change the dynamic of whatever teams they go to in regards to title contention. Coming up after the break, who blinks first, Dak or Jerry? As well as where does J.J. Watt play? And I have a gripe with a certain player from a certain team in college basketball. On a Tuesday, it's all even. Yo, it's your man DJ G Money for that Flip the Script podcast. Okay. Yeah, we yeah, in the studio yeah. right now. Flip shut up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 listen. Shout out to the Old Even podcast. My oh, man Barry oh, Grant Jr. Whoa, 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 What's up, whoa, man? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened? What you, you, what you want to say to the people? Shout out somebody else's podcast? Yeah, my nigga's joining. What's up? Oh, Even. Oh, Even podcast. Yo, it ain't Even up here, boy. <laughs> we put this girl something. Oh, Even. Yo, you. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's up with you, man? Now, you got well, to shout out. You're keeping this? Yeah, keep all that. <laughs> you want to jump all even podcast, right? Yeah, all shout even. Shout out to all even podcast, right? All yeah. even. Uh, That's your man? My man. Fine. All right, shout out to all even podcast. You cool? 100%. He cool. Is he cool? Let me see. Is he cool? Yeah.
Welcome back, y'all. So who blinks first? Dak or Jerry? I've heard so many different opinions. Dak has the leverage. You know, the Cowboys made a mistake in not giving Dak the money a couple years back before his rookie deal was up. Dak is the face of the team. He's the leader of the team. You can't just let him walk after him hurt, getting hurt this bad, and, and it's just bad optics. All of these things we hear. But what is the actual truth? What is the actual truth? The truth is, is that there's only two quarterbacks in the NFL right now that are making $45 million and $39 million. That's Patrick Mahomes. That's Deshaun Watson. You have Aaron Rodgers up there. You have Russell Wilson up there as well. So let's call it the the $35 million club. When you think about those particular players, you think about these guys can be able to single-handedly win games for you, get you to the playoffs, no matter what type of talent you have on this team. And, you know, they can be able to possibly win a playoff game or two if all goes well. If not, then, you know, they'll be one and done, like we saw with Russell Wilson this year. Does Dak Prescott fall into those categories? Is he a guy that can be able to win a few games for you? Absolutely, he can. Is he a guy that can be able to win a couple playoff games for you? Absolutely. But here's the twist. Dak Prescott can do all of these things if the situation is perfect. You need great wide receivers on the outside. You need to have a great offensive line. You have to have a great running back. Have to have great defense. All of these things need to be picture perfect for Dak Prescott to succeed. And because of that, he's not worth $35 million. Those type of contracts are left for the guys that can be able to create magic. Like those quarterbacks I just mentioned. Dak Prescott doesn't fall in that category. In fact, he falls... In the category of the Jared Goffs, the Carson Wentz's, the Kirk Cousins, the Jimmy Garoppolo's. Those are the quarterbacks that he falls in line with. So, why are we still having this conversation? Why hasn't Dak Prescott taken the money that he's supposed to be getting? Because Todd France believes that Dak Prescott should be Worth way more than that. Oh, you know, the TV deals are going up. You guys are being, you know, the salary cap is going up. You guys are supposed to be coughing up bigger money, bigger contracts. No, not for Dak Prescott. I'm telling you right now, if Dak Prescott today was to work out a situation with the Cowboys where he's not going to sign the franchise tag, he's going to end up hitting free agency. Dak Prescott would not be getting $40 million on the open market. He wouldn't. He'd probably take a deal worth $32, $33 million a year for four years because that's what he wants. And we'll be all shaking our heads and scratching our heads like, that was less than what Dallas was offering him, reportedly. So what's the issue here? Is that just because Jerry has overpaid in the past. And yes, he's overpaid a significant amount for players. 
He overpaid for Zeke. He overpaid for Demarcus Lawrence. He overpaid for Amari Cooper. He overpaid for Jalen Smith. He overpaid for Tony Romo back in the day. You know, the list goes on. The list goes on. But now the man is being vilified because he doesn't want to overpay for a quarterback that he doesn't believe is worth that type of money? How, how does that work? So everybody used to crucify Jerry. Oh, my God, Jerry's just handing out all these bad contracts. Now he's trying to be responsible. And I was like, oh, oh now, Jerry, like, what are, we, what are we doing here? Dak Prescott is a very good player. But is he worth the upper echelon dollars? No, he's not. In the last 17 games, Dak Prescott is 6-11. and 11. Now, is all of that his fault? No, it's not. But I can tell you that he's thrown a lot of interceptions and he's fumbled a lot in those games. Those things, I can say, are his fault. That's the issue. Is that you have a great young man, you know, has the the, the look that you want as a quarterback. He, he, he doesn't say the wrong things in the media. He looks like a quarterback. Very good. But at the end of the day, He's not Tom Brady. He's not Peyton Manning. He's not Pat Mahomes. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not A.A. Ron. He's not any of these guys. So why is it not okay for him to just accept the Kirk Cousins deal? The Dallas Cowboys would be glad to give him that. But no, he thinks that he's valued it more. Okay. This is going to drag out. It's going to get ugly. And if I'm Dallas, if I'm Jerry, I let him walk. I let him walk and I let him test free agency. And I start to look into the open market for either a quarterback to fill right now as a transitional guy while I draft one. Or I hit the trade market and see what I can be able to find. But Dak Prescott is not the answer in Dallas. And you give him $40 million a year, Dallas will never get close to winning anything again. That's facts. That is facts. Next topic we're going to talk about is J.J. Watt. The rumors are circling. They're swirling around that J.J. Watt is looking at the Cleveland Browns as a destination. He looks at pairing up with Miles Garrett to be something that he's very, very interested in. And listen, Cleveland had a very good defense last year. Adding a J.J. Watt, if he still has anything left, which he does, would be of a significant upgrade. That would be very, very good for them. Can they get it done? We'll see. What will J.J. Watt's asking price be? Will it be something that he, you know, he still wants to be compensated a great amount, or is he willing to, to take a little less to possibly win a Super Bowl or get to the playoffs and, and be competitive. You know, it, it's definitely going to come up to J.J. It's going to be up to J.J. in regards to what he decides, what he holds more valuable. Is it money? Is it retirement back-end deals? Or is it the chance to compete for a Vince Lombardi trophy? We're going to see. But if there was a dark horse team I would love for him to sign with, obviously it would be Dallas Cowboys, yes. But if there's another team, I would like to see him go to the Jets. I think him and Robert Sala can be able to really have a nice partnership there. Jets have a lot of money. 
They have a lot of upside. I believe that the Jets can be one of those teams to really turn things around in a year, in an offseason, and be one of the, the bright teams next year. I really do think that they have that chance. So we'll see how this goes, man. It's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. Moving on to a, a topic that's really going to piss me off. We heard yesterday that freshman forward Jalen Johnson plays for Duke University decided that he's opting out of the season and he's going to enter the NBA draft. Now, on the surface, as a casual fan, you, you'll hear that and say, oh, okay, well, you know, hey, you know, all power to him. You know, he's going to focus on, you know, his, 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 uh, his draft workouts and trying to stay healthy and all that stuff. But here's the problem. Jalen Johnson was a top recruit for Duke University. Coach K was very happy to have him. Thought he was going to be a dynamic player for, for the Duke program. He ended up coming here. He ended up getting hurt early. And he hasn't lived up to expectations. He's averaging like 11.6 rebounds a game or something like that. Not what Coach K thought. And guess what happened? Coach K decided that he was going to have Jalen Johnson come off the bench the last three games. Because he was struggling. And that's exactly what happened. But shortly after that, shortly after the last game where Jalen Johnson came off the bench, Jalen Johnson opts out of the season. How convenient that a kid that was a high prospect that's not living up to his billing and got benched by the Hall of Fame coach all of a sudden now feels that he might have got slighted or disrespected, so he feels that he has to now opt out of the season entitlement this is exactly what has happened to college basketball you let these one and done babies control your program before it used to be kids that wanted to go to school and wanted to to don those colors and and play in those rivalries and represent the school with honor now it's all about what this particular school can do for my draft stock what you can be able to do for my family. All of this nonsense. Jalen Johnson looks like a chump today. Looks like a chump today. Because he couldn't hack it at Duke. And the people that he's taking advice from. His support system or whatever it is. They should be ashamed too. Because you allowed this kid. To let his emotions control the situation. I remember when Brandon Ingram got to Duke. Brandon Ingram struggled, struggled mightily first couple games. Coach K decided to have him come off the bench, and you know what Brandon Ingram did? He worked his ass off and got back into the starting lineup and had a pretty good freshman year that led him to be the number two pick in the draft. That's what happened because that kid has moxie. That kid didn't quit. That kid doesn't have yes men in his corner telling him that what he's doing is the right thing to do. Oh, Coach K's not going to start you. You should quit. Coach K is probably going to be the best coach this kid has ever had in his life. We're talking about pros. We're talking about whatever level. And you walked away from that? All because you had to come off the bench? Zion got hurt last year. And everybody was telling Zion, don't play. Don't play. Don't come back. You don't have to. Don't ruin your stock. Zion said, nah, I want to play for my teammates and I also want to play because I love the college experience. I want to finish this the right way. 
But Jalen Johnson, yeah, I'm just going to quit midseason, especially because the team is struggling. We're not winning. This doesn't feel like what everybody else told me what Duke is supposed to be. You are a part of that nonsense. You are a part of the mess. And this is what's going to follow you your entire career now. You're going to be labeled a quitter. So when the scouts and everybody comes to that combine and they see all the talent that you have, and then they actually go back in the tape and they look at your Duke career and they say, well, what's going on with this kid upstairs? Oh, we saw that, you know, Coach K benched him and he couldn't handle it. He couldn't hack it. So he quit. So what's going to happen in the NBA when you actually are drafted high and you have to sit on the bench? You actually have to earn your minutes. What's going to happen? You're going to go to management and say, hey, listen, I was a number two pick. Why am I not getting minutes? Oh, that's not how it works in the real world. Maybe in the made-up world that your support system created for you that nothing you do is wrong. And every decision that you make is right. And whoever doesn't abide by your rules, they don't, they, they're hating on you, Jalen. When news flash, they're actually preparing you for life. That Coach K is preparing you for the NBA by sitting your ass on that bench. And this is the problem that I've had with Coach K and the Duke program for the last decade is that you have now become the beck and call, the doormat for one-and-done prospects. Now, for kids that say, man, I love the Duke program, I want to be here for a long time and be able to etch my name in the history books here. No, no, no. What can you do for me? What can you be able to help me with in regards to my draft capital, my draft stock? It's nonsense. And until... The Duke program until Coach K or whoever replaces Coach K in the next following years realizes that this one-and-done nonsense needs to stop. It's going to stop anyway in regards to, you know, the rule changing soon. But recruit guys that want to be here. Recruit guys that actually want to participate in the Duke experience. The Cameron crazies, all of that stuff. You know, once COVID is no longer an issue. Those are the players that you need to go after. Not the five-star recruits that are flashy and all they want to do is flash your, your shirt, but they don't care about the lineage and the history of the school. Go after the three-star players. Go after the two-star players that are going to work their ass off, bust their ass, and become five-star players. Become high draft picks. Because of their work ethic. Not because of what they did before they got here. That's what needs to happen in college basketball. All around the country. Enough with babying these one and dones. Because I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I haven't watched college basketball all year. And I haven't watched college basketball consistently over the last three years. Because I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the one and done deal. It has destroyed the sport. And for a kid like Jalen Johnson to think that he's bigger than the Duke program, that's what the problem is. And if anybody else doesn't see that, I don't know what to tell you. But it needs to stop. 
And it starts with guys like Coach K. Put your foot down and start doing things differently because you won a lot of national championships with guys that committed to your program long term. Guys like Shane Battier, Carlos Boozer, Sheldon Williams, John Shire, Kyle Singler, Jay Williams. The list goes on of guys that actually wanted to be there. So I'm sure it doesn't feel good this morning to know that one of your top prospects quit on you, but you brought it on yourself. You brought it on yourself. And let this be a lesson to everybody across the country in regards to big programs. Stop doing this. Because all you guys are doing is creating bigger babies at the next level. Guys who think that they can just be able to dog it and ask for trades whenever they want to and the team is supposed to just say, okay, cool, and trade you tomorrow. That's what you're doing. There's no responsibility. There's no culpability. There's no accountability. So it starts with the big programs. Fix it. If you want to get your dignity back as a school, as a program, fix it. Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, on a Tuesday. It's all even. This is the God Jensen Gals. Just want to give a shout out to All Even Podcast, the best sports podcast out there. Keep up the amazing work. Also check us out at CigarGentsAndGals.com where everyday apparel for cigar smokers. Let's get it. What's going on? What's up with you? It's your boy the Candyman, the A-L-F-R-E to the D. It's your boy Alfred from the Rap Lab Podcast. And it's the one and only True G. Just call me the QG from the Rap Lab Podcast. And you tuned in to All Even with Barry Grant. Boy, that shit crazy. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. We pick candidates on Tuesday and Saturday, and then we pick the winner on that Saturday show. So the first candidate we have, and it's a doozy. May I have the drum roll, please? And the candidate is the bouncer that tried to fight Pac-Man Jones. I don't know what the bouncer's name is, but he's my... Dummy, yeah. Because he thought that just because he's a bouncer, he can be able to kind of just, like, push his weight around. And listen, you know, 85 95% of the time, that's could possibly happen. That's exactly what happens in these clubs. You know, the bouncer can be able to, you know, hold weight, you know, throw their authority around and, 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 and get some law and order. But in this situation, Pac-Man Jones... Is an ex-football player, and I don't think you want that smoke, my man. So what happened was is that Pac-Man said on the, the Pat McAfee show that, you know, he was in the club chilling, and, you know, he didn't, he couldn't see behind him, and then he turned around, you know, saw his little bro getting into something, and then he just went to town on the, on the, uh, the bouncer. Now, <laughs> yeah, I heard that it was an old-school type of bar fight, like, like, like Roadhouse. <laughs> hey, guess who was Patrick Swayze? You guessed it. Pac-Man Jones. <laughs> Pac-Man Jones looked at the bouncer and said, yeah, you need to get out of here. Bouncer was like, why? 
because you're too stupid to have a good time, man. He messed me up. And Pac-Man Jones worked his ass out. Worked him out. Knocked him unconscious. Knocked him unconscious. Why? Because the bouncer wants to, he wants to flex his muscle. Nah, don't do that on a football player. They're already wired differently. They don't, <laughs> they don't, they don't respond well to tough talk. They don't respond well to outside aggression because then it's gonna click in their head like, oh shit, I'm I'm on a I'm on a field. I gotta I gotta get ready. You can't you can't do that to a Pac-Man Jones. Don't do that, man. Hey, listen, you got knocked out. It's all right. You know maybe you can't work in that club again because everybody gonna try to test you after that. Like you can't you can't work in the same club you got knocked out in. Like you gonna have to find employment elsewhere. You know what I'm saying? It's it, it is what it. Is. So bouncer that got knocked out by Pac-Man Jones. You may still be unconscious, <laughs> but you're possibly a winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. I'll see you guys on Saturday. Until then, stay safe. Stay cool. Peace. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcasts. Listen to the show on Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, and wherever podcasts are available. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcasts. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.